phrase of peace. For since these arms of mine had seven years pit, they have used their dearest action in the tented field. And little of this great wealth can I speak more than pertains to feats of broil and battle. What's really important, it seems to me, is that the army is absolutely central to this play. And it's something that I really know we're going to want to explore. What a life spent fighting, what a life spent devoted to violence has done um, to the men who are at the centre of the play and to the women who find themselves caught up in the drama. Um, I've not said this yet, Lindsay. I don't see any reason why she shouldn't be in uniform, Amelia. I think she's, I'm really sorry to bounce that on you in the middle of this. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, Jonathan, who um, arrived late, um, who I hope will be able to talk to us at some point, was until recently a pretty high-ranking general in the British Army. I was 32 years in the, in the military. I retired last year. I was a paratrooper. I've been on operations uh, throughout my life. I commanded the effort in Basra in 2007 in Iraq. Uh, so I come with a lot of experience of doing precisely what Othello is asked to do. He's asked to go off and fight a war, and then when he gets there, he finds the war's disappeared, so he has to then run a garrison. And I've done both. I've, I've fought wars and I've run garrisons. I think we're going to want to work very hard at the kind of stuff that might go on. Uh, on an army base when there's not much to do except wait for something to happen. It's very hot, people get very bored, there's a lot of alcohol. As a commander, your job is to keep the troops busy, keep them happy, uh, keep them motivated to all positive things, knowing full well that if you don't, they'll fall into bad habits. Uh, and of course, that's exactly what happens on the first night of the play. They get to Cyprus all geared up, all ready to go, you know, fully locked and loaded and armed, and there is no, there's no conflict. They simply get there and take over and wait in that heat with nothing to do. Anyone who has any military experience at all will know that that's a, that's a powder keg waiting to go off. separating me here, do you know what I mean? Well, the main challenge on Othello was the brawl with um, those big boys in a confined space. When it comes to fights, we think blokes, we think ego, we think testosterone. And actually, everything that I do is the opposite of that. <laughs> I do like my flight. Stand up tall. We're working out where we're holding, how we're going to fall. I'm looking after people. Go. There's a very crucial story within that brawl, and that's the Cassio story, because it's Cassio getting drunk and getting into a fight and injuring another soldier, which is his downfall. So it's making sure that that's told properly, but also keeping everybody else busy around it. We did this very brutal fight, and Jonathan looked at it and went, yeah, that looks like people who know how to kill, letting off a bit of steam. 
just letting off a bit of steam, you know, being, being quite gentle with each other. But you see, the officer takes it too far. He doesn't know when to stop. What is the matter, masters? This is not a fight about violence, it's a fight about release. And that's what Cassio gets exactly wrong. And so I explained all that and said, that's exactly how it happens. That's exactly why when I was a young officer, I wasn't allowed downtown with the, with the young blokes, precisely because that's the sort of thing that always happens. Uh, officers, alcohol and soldiers don't mix as a general rule. Jonathan Shaw has been extremely interesting about the military context of the play. And one of the things he insists on is how important trust is between men in the army. And it's quite clear that the reason Iago is able to do what he does with Othello is because Othello trusts him more completely than maybe two men in civilian life uh, would trust each other. It's a given in the army. You have to. Let him command and to obey in me shall be remorse. What bloody business ever. Military life is based on loyalty and a code of honour amongst soldiers. And it's from that that Iago is able to get away with what he does, that no one would question an, another soldier's loyalty to his colleague. Now art thou my lieutenant. Their bond of, of friendship and of mutual trust clearly goes back years. And of course, that's why Iago feels betrayed, because he believes that uh, seniority and length of service should be what determines promotion. His standing in the structures of military life was pretty low, although he had a closeness with Othello, who obviously was at the very top. So when passed over for promotion and having his nose rubbed in his mediocrity, I guess. And it's that trigger that snaps him into doing something about it. I gave them advice on how to dress, how to wear their berries, how to wear their uh, clothing and everything. All of them took that on board. And you can see them when they look on stage, they all look really proper soldiers. And there's one exception to that, and that's Rory himself with Iago. And no matter how many times I told him about wearing his berries slightly tilted forward or flat, but certainly not tilted backwards, and do something about the knot at the back because it's still dangling down, he wouldn't. His trousers are all scruffy, they run down over his boots. And I kept saying, you should alter that. And then I stopped saying that, because actually that's the way he's portraying the character. He's a man who has boozed and smoked and drunk and hauled his way through life, and it's all catching up with him. And it's interesting, I had some military people who've come and seen the play, a friend of mine, and said, said yeah, great effort, pity you couldn't get Iago to, to, to dress properly. And I said, yes, that's the point.